Hey everybody, welcome to episode 51 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting for nearly 30 years. This week I want to talk to you about what to do when things are not working out for you, or at least when you think they are not working out for you. Hey everyone, before we start I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoy the show this week. But before we begin, I want to give you the following information. If you want to give me feedback or interact with the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at DetectingThe or Instagram at The Metal Detecting Podcast or if you want to pop me an email to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com And now, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on SpeakPipe.com forward slash The Metal Detecting Show. The link will be in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so now through several avenues. Firstly, if you'd like to buy me a coffee, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metal detecting. If that's not your thing, you can support the podcast over on Patreon. Just search for the Metal Detecting Show. And now, if you're looking to purchase any new equipment, I would appreciate it if you did so via kellycodedetectors.com using the affiliate link in the show notes. It will cost you nothing, but I will get a small percentage of your sale for sending you their way. This revenue gets reinvested into the show and goes some way towards keeping the show alive, covering hosting and equipment costs. And lastly, and most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hi all, I hope you had a great week full of prosperous and historic hunts. We're in windy season here in Ireland, so availability of hunting time was practically zero. However, I gave that time over to driving around looking for potential locations to hunt and logging that location to check later on the relevant databases to confirm whether I can hunt there or not. As soon as restrictions lift, I'll be beating down the doors looking for permission. I got some great news this weekend when Dig It With Will messaged me to tell me I had just won an Equinox 600 on the Detectable Draw on YouTube last weekend. And sure enough, when I checked, I had. Woohoo! So watch this space as I feel a giveaway is in order. I also received some great feedback from Case on Speakpipe. Check it out. Hey, Kieran. I uh, just listened to my first episode of your show, the Coils episode. I learned I learned a ton. I, I've been out of detecting for a while because of some health related stuff, but um, yeah, thank you so much for your show. I mean, it it's really helping a lot of people. Um, th- I got turned on it by a friend, but yeah, from Texas, thank you. Thanks, Case. I really appreciate the feedback, and I'm glad to hear word of mouth is starting to spread the podcast. So thanks again, Case and hopefully you can get out and happy hunting. So this week I want to chat to you about what to do when despite all your efforts, your hunting is not paying off. I see a lot of answers to this question online and inevitably the advice comes, get a better detector, just stick with it, on and on. But what can someone do with that advice? Nothing really. So this week I want to address this very question. What am I doing wrong? I have found nothing. I'm at my wit's end, and I'm about to pack it all in. So firstly, how do you know you're doing rubbish? Are you measuring your success off what you see posted online on Instagram or YouTube? Well, let me be the one to break it to you. 
This is not an accurate representation of what returns you should be getting. This is what it looks like through rose tinted glasses. Look at any of these accounts and you will soon see that they are presenting the cream of the crop. Now, some accounts are upfront and acknowledge it. For example, you hear some hunters saying that they have dug 500 holes today and this is the best of the lot. That's accurate. But if you see a picture of a gold coin on Instagram, there is no context to the amount of work required or luck taken to find that coin. So my first bit of advice is to set your expectations correctly and realistically. I let you in on a little secret. I haven't found a silver coin in years, but I've only been hunting beaches. So I set my expectation that I will not find any silver coins on a beach unless I'm very lucky. My own expectations are I will find something good, one in 10 finds, something great, one in a hundred finds, and something amazing, once in a life. So if I have a few good finds per hunt, I'm happy out, but every few hunts I find something great, which keeps me going. Expectation is also about what you want to hunt for, or what cool stuff you want to find. Your cool stuff does not match my cool stuff, let me tell you. I love finding worthless toy cars on the beach. Other people will just chuck them in the bin. So if you're feeling unsuccessful, take a moment to assess whether you have your expectations and perceptions aligned to what cool stuff you want to find. Okay, that's the mental aspect taken care of, but what about the advice to upgrade your detector? That will fix your problem. Well, I don't agree. If you've lost trust in your detector, then upgrade it, that's fine. For example, I was hunting with my first detector that would behave erratically and intermittently stop alerting to a find. It took me about a year to realize this, but at this point, my trust in the detector was zero. I sent it off to be repaired, which it was, and the improvement was remarkable. However, the trust was gone, resulting in me upgrading fairly soon after. But then I had to start the cycle of learning a new detector all over again. More on that in a second, but consider, are you asking too much from your detector? It is correct that an entry-level detector, or especially a knockoff one, will not perform like an intermediate or genuine model. The best you can hope for is a somewhat functional discrimination program, but forget about accurate repeatable target identification. So if you're only focusing on what the VDI is telling you and only digging specific IDs, then you're not going to have a good time. And like me, trust will slowly erode away. Experience plays a huge part if you're only starting out or if in the first year or two of hunting, then your experience in reading and handling the detector can have a negative impact. For example, even experienced detectors will have a learning curve every time they change or upgrade their detectors. If you're only starting out, this learning curve will be a slow climb till you get to the top. But even experienced detectors can take years to fully know their current detectors. If you're like me and tend to learn by doing, your learning will be protracted. I'm still learning my eight-year-old CTX, never mind my Equinox. But if you focus on learning and understanding every feature of your detector, you will have a great start to fully understand your machine. But this takes time. So common sense prevails. Spend some time learning your machine. Experience also relates to actually knowing what you find is good. Are you able to identify the find and know it's something great? Another example and mistake I have made in the past because I didn't expect it on a hunt. A few years ago, I found a tree ring millie ball on a beach. I was delighted, but that day I found a load of sinkers and lumps of lead, which I chucked into my lead bucket. It didn't hit me to double check the lead for any other millie balls. 
This identified Millie Ball sat in my office for a good six months, I'd say, being showed off to anybody who was interested to ask. It was only when I found another lump of lead on the same beach that I noticed that the new find had what looked like tree rings flattened out. It was then that I cottoned on that this was a deformed from impact Millie Ball. I adjusted my search, focusing on lead, and found another one that day, bringing my total to three. However, when I went home with this new information, I searched my lead pile only to find two more. If I hadn't put two and two together, I would have melted these down as random lead. I didn't expect it, so I wasn't looking out for it. So I thought what I had was rubbish. Believe it or not, this happens all the time with every detectorist and is one of the reasons the museums don't like metal detectorists. They're worried we will find something great and not know what it is and destroy it by accident. Check all your coins for silver. Check everything. If you're not sure, pop a pick online. Someone will know what it is, but educate yourself along the way. There is nothing like finding something you're not sure about, only to find out it is great later on. Okay, on to time to hunt. You have to put some miles on that detector. Just going out for an hour here and there will not help you learn it. It will not help you get ground coverage. For example, let's do the maths quickly. Say you dig 15 holes an hour, but you only go out for 2 hours a week. That's about 30 finds, both good and bad, but using my expectation above as an example, that will give me 3 good finds a week and a great find every month or so. However, say you go out for 4 hours twice a week, that's 120 holes a week, or 12 good finds and maybe one great find. This is totally finger in the air stuff, but I think you get the idea. You need to put in the effort and miles walked to get good ground coverage to find good finds, or at least a chance to. Finally, and most importantly, it's all about location. I've covered this previously several times, so I won't go too into depth here. But if metal detecting as a hobby is like an iceberg, the actual hunting is the tip of that iceberg that sits above the water where the research is the huge part of the iceberg that sits underneath the water. Research, research, research. Location, location, location. If you are unsuccessful, the most probable reason is you haven't done your research on the location you're hunting. There is no point in hunting a field just because you got permission on it. There has to have been a reason for people to have been on it at some stage and your job is to figure that out. So, if you find yourself asking the question, what am I doing wrong? Ask yourself the following first. Do you have realistic expectations? Do you have any reason not to trust your equipment? Have you spent enough time learning your equipment? Do you know what everything is that you have found? Are you sure you haven't already found something great? And finally, location, location, location. Have you spent some time researching your location? Random hunts equal random finds and success is totally reliant on random luck. That's it for this week. I hope you liked this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out our website, www.metaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. 
check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. Actually, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so now at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metal detecting. If you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metal detecting show. The link will be in the show notes. And if you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down and happy hunting. Happy hunting.